Well, the Fed did exactly what they were expected to today, raising interest rates by 75 basis points, or 0.75%. The stock market rallied shortly thereafter, as the 75 basis point increase was clearly priced in. Best Buy joins the long list of companies revising their economic forecast down, hinting that the economy is slowly grinding to a halt with a possible recession looming. And along those lines, the official GDP numbers for the second quarter of 2022 are to be released tomorrow. And that will let us know whether we are indeed in a recession, provided that A, they actually release numbers that can be trusted, and B, the media doesn't spin it with this new fake definition of recession that the White House has allegedly been pushing. That and more on the latest episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. you sexy sat stackers and welcome to the latest episode of the bitcoin bulletin podcast today is wednesday july 27th 2022 and that means it is dca wednesday if you listen to the very special episode we released on monday you know that this is well this is we're now into our second year of bitcoin bulletin podcasts the 23rd of july was our one year anniversary I often promise to keep our went our episodes short and sweet and usually end up going for like an hour instead. Uh, but today, I super secret squirrel promise to keep this short and sweet. That is because, as usual, we're getting a much later start than normal. Uh, in fact, if you are stacking along with us on Wednesdays, if you're using Wednesdays as your DCA day like we are, uh, hopefully you've probably already stacked, depending on where you're at, because we're running out of Wednesday. If you did stack before us, you got a much better deal. Bitcoin had been down around the $21,000 range before it popped following the Fed's announcement of their uh, 75 basis point rate hike and the ensuing stock market rally. Uh, Before we get into all that, though, a quick look at the vital statistics. At the time of recording, we are sitting at a Bitcoin blockchain block height of 746,872. Bitcoin is currently valued at 22,735 US dollars per Bitcoin or 4,399 sats per cuckbuck. If you want to purchase a Bitcoin with your shiny yellow metal rocks, it will cost you 13.1 ounces of gold to buy just one Bitcoin today. And if you are valuing your wealth in pizzas, one Bitcoin will purchase you 1,363 Papa John's pizzas. That will feed your family once a day for 3.73 years for just one Bitcoin. For those who value their wealth in oil, one Bitcoin will get you 210.7 barrels of Brent crude today down a little bit from the 213.5 barrels on the last episode at a rate of 474,652 sats per barrel. And Bitcoin is, Bitcoin's market capitalization is, well, unsurprisingly up 
with the with the increase in price of Bitcoin today, with a total market capitalization of four hundred and thirty-four point four billion. That is up from the last episode of four hundred and eighteen point five billion, but obviously still well below that one trillion market cap that we had surpassed when we were setting new all-time highs last fall. The blockchain is showing a little bit more activity than it was during the last episode. There are currently four blocks worth of transactions pending in my mempool. That's about double what um, there were on Monday. Of course, that was a Monday morning, and so that's kind of unfair to compare to the middle of the week on Wednesdays. Um, And uh, it's certainly down from the previous Wednesday when it was 10 blocks of transactions pending. But there are four blocks pending, which means more people are making transactions than the blockchain can currently process. And that means that there's a decent amount of activity going on on chain. However, one sat per byte transactions are still estimated to clear within a day. If you want to guarantee that your Bitcoin transaction ends up in the next on-chain transaction, the fee estimators are recommending a rate of 10 sats per byte to guarantee that you're in that next block. Uh, although, um, it is getting later in the evening, and usually at night, that mempool tends to clear out, so one sat per byte transaction should clear fairly soon. Uh, although, if you are going to put in a one sat, tran- one sat per byte transaction, it would, behoove yourself, it would behoove you to be familiar with uh, replace by fee or child pays for parent in case you need to unstick that transaction should activity soar and uh, your transaction never get, never get mined. Of course, along those lines, my favorite transaction, uh, my favorite statistic, the 24-hour transaction rate is up. On on our Monday one-year anniversary episode, we were seeing an anemic 2.38 transaction per second average on chain. Uh, Again, that was early on a Monday morning instead of midweek. Last Wednesday, for example, we were seeing 3.08 transactions per second. But currently, we're seeing 3.13 transactions per second, so solidly above that three transaction per second number that I like to see uh, as an indicator of healthy on-chain activity. And uh, along the lines of TikTok next block, again, um, not since the last episode, but since the last DCA Wednesday, we have had a, a mining difficulty adjustment. It was a huge downward difficulty adjustment of minus 5%. Uh, we are now about halfway to the next uh, Bitcoin mining difficulty adjustment. As you know, the Bitcoin protocol adjusts its mining difficulty every 2016 blocks to try and maintain an average of 10 minute block times. And we are currently, pardon me, we are currently, um, we are currently 1,064 blocks away till the next mining difficulty adjustment. That's about halfway, about seven days to go. That 2016 blocks should take about two weeks if everything is uh, going according to plan. Obviously, sometimes it's a little faster. Sometimes it's a little slower, depending on whether blocks are coming in faster or slower than the 10-minute average. And... Uh, we are currently looking at an increase of anywhere between 0.77% and 4.5%, which would completely, almost completely make up that difficulty uh, decrease that we just had. And that is because blocks are currently coming in at an average time of 9 minutes and 34 seconds during this difficulty epoch. Uh, on Monday, they were zooming in at an average of 9 minutes and 51 seconds. So that is indicative that hash power is on the increase again. And if that's the case, uh, as Bitcoin is intended to do, difficulty will get 
uh, harder again. And um, TikTok next block. We'll keep zooming along at uh, as close to the 10-minute average as Bitcoin can. Uh, and that kind of puts to bed one of the headlines that we scrolled by in last Monday's episode. You know, every time there's a difficulty adjustment or every time, or I'm sorry, every time there's a halving and the reward that miners get for finding a new block gets cut in half, or every time the price of Bitcoin plummets like it does in a bear market, you know, 50 to 80 percent, uh, someone out there forecasts the mining death spiral, meaning that people will start turning miners off and then it'll get harder to find a block and that will make more people turn more miners off and it'll get even harder to find a block and eventually the Bitcoin blockchain will grind to a halt and you'll never get to the new difficulty adjustment. That FUD comes out every four years at minimum, literally. I promise you, you will see it again next spring uh, or a correction in the spring of 2024 when we have the next um, mining difficulty and the reward gets cut in half again. And it is always proven wrong. Uh, Bitcoin's mining difficulty adjustment, as I've said before, is probably Satoshi's most genius invention uh, the most genius part of the Bitcoin uh, core protocol um, because it just magically works. You know, when people turn their miners off, uh, it gets more profitable for those miners that are remaining eventually because the difficulty adjusts down, uh, which is an incentive to turn miners back on, and it just does what it takes to maintain that average 10-minute block time. Yes, that varies, but it even, even when difficulty and the hash power isn't changing, blocks don't always come in exactly at 10 minutes. Sometimes they come in two or three back-to-back almost instantaneously, and sometimes it takes over an hour for a block to be found. Bitcoin mining is uh, its a random number guessing game. It's like rolling dice. If you have um, a, a handful of dice and you roll them over and over and over again, um, you know, eventually you'll hit... Um, statistically, you know, six, a set number of times or whatever, but, but you might go dozens and dozens and dozens of rolls without hitting a six. Just like if you're flipping a quarter, that's a lot more simple analogy. You know, on average, you should get one heads and then a tails and a heads and a tails. You know, if you flip a coin a hundred times, you should get 50 heads and 50 tails, but you can flip a coin 10 times in a row and have it land on heads 10 times in a row. That's just the way it works. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that um, the average isn't going to be, you know, 50-50. It's just that it's an average. And the longer, or the larger sample size you have, the closer to average you're going to get. And that is uh, one of the reasons that Bitcoin does adjust its difficulty every 2016 blocks. Because if it had done so earlier, if you remember last week, we were looking at a, at a difficulty, uh, potential difficulty network decrease. Well, it was a huge range. It was anywhere between a uh, uh, like a 1% decrease and a, and a couple percent increase. So uh, <clears throat> I digress, but uh, I do think that um, Bitcoin's uh, proof of work system, I mean, obviously the proof of work system is what makes Bitcoin special. Uh, we're not going to get into the proof of stake BS uh, right now, but I just wanted to point out that uh, a lot of things have happened in the last year and Bitcoin just keeps ticking exactly as expected. TikTok next block. Real quick, thank you for those of you listening on your favorite podcasting 2.0 app. I know there are several of you at least out there because I can see the sats streaming in for those of you that are streaming as sats. Uh, and thank you very much for, for doing so. Again, we're available on Fountain and Breeze Wallet, etc. Any of your favorite podcasting 2.0 apps. Thank you uh, for those of you who are streaming as sats and supporting us. 
Again, we don't have any boostergrams this week. However, uh, if you are using your podcasting 2.0 app and you do send us a boost, uh, and it isn't a shill, isn't a, uh, isn't about an S coin, uh, isn't a scam or isn't a profane to the extent that we can't read it on air. Um, we will read it on the next episode of the Bitcoin Bolden podcast. There are no boostergrams to read this week, but thank you to those of you who are streaming us sats. Uh, that is super awesome. It's real-time feedback. It's real-time uh, reward letting us know that, that, that you appreciate us, and, and that is really cool. So, so thank you. All right. Again, uh, the what is expected to be the biggest week of financial news of the year continues to roll along. As we said, as expected, the Fed did raise interest rates by 75 basis points today. That is 0.75%. Um, Again, that had been largely priced in by the market at one point in time uh, when um, Canada panicked and, and did a full point interest rate raise, emergency interest rate raise. Uh, there was some speculation that maybe we might see a full 100 basis point, 1% interest rate raise today. Uh, but that, th- that those fears were, they quickly faded and Basically, the the Fed did exactly what they were expected to do today, and as a result, markets have soared. Stock market closed up significantly today. Uh, of course, we've seen that before when the Fed did exactly what they were expected to do. Markets did soar, and then people the next day realized, hey, wait, uh, interest rates just went up, and they're going to grind the economy to a halt. And reality set back in, and then the stock market went back down the next day. But uh, <clears throat> we're not here to talk about stocks. We're here to talk about Bitcoin. Jerome Powell did strike a cautionary tone in his remarks after the rate hike, hinting that the next rate hike in September will probably be smaller, stating, as the stance of monetary policy tightens, further, it will likely become appropriate to slow the pace of increases while we assess how our cumulative policy adjustments are affecting the economy and, the fl- and inflation. Again, that is also exactly as expected. Whether you are a firm believer in the coming Powell put that this was all just a dog and pony show, that they had to raise rates basically to give themselves some room to cut rates uh, when the economy tanks, um, who knows? But either way, again, that is exactly what everybody was expecting, that we'd get the 275 BIP rates and maybe a half a percent rate in September. And accordingly, markets are reacting as expected because um, the Fed did exactly what had been priced in. I don't need to rehash all of this, but if you didn't listen to our Monday's one-year anniversary episode podcast, we went into quite a bit of evidence that the economy is grinding to a halt, that we're entering a recession. Uh, along those lines, Best Buy cut its uh, outlook for the rest of the year today, announcing that they expect their year-over-year sales to decrease by 13%. That is exactly in line with what other retailers have been reporting as their earnings reports have come out. As you know, early in the year, Target um, announced that its sales were basically in the toilet and that it was going to slash its inventory. Uh, Kohl's uh, made a similar announcement. Bed Bath & Beyond, all kinds of other major retailers basically have said the same thing. Their sales are declining, uh, and that is indicative that the economy is slowing and that we're heading towards a recession. Uh, as you remember, um, well... You obviously can't trust anything this administration or the Federal Reserve has been saying for multiple reasons, not the least of which is because the um, just just 
last year they were saying that basically there's no way that we're going to see a recession. There's nothing to indicate there could be a recession. Then just last month they said that there was a risk of a recession, uh, but that the bigger risk was that they don't get inflation under control, so they were going to go full speed ahead and slowing the economy, uh, damn the torpedoes, so to speak. And, uh, you know, the, if you have been paying attention to, to Bitcoin Twitter or even on Reddit, um, I think it was Monday again or Tuesday, just the other day, uh, the White House set off a flurry of um, speculation by basically revising or attempting to revise the official the official definition of a recession with a post on whitehouse.gov stating that um, basically that what is basically gaslighting you saying that the official definition of two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth is in fact not a definition of a recession. What you needed to look at are the unemployment statistics and some other numbers, which of course they can massage and control. And that um, basically we're in the middle of the best economy in 50 years, remember, was there has been their line all along that um, you might think you are seeing a recession, but the economy's underlying fundamentals are strong, that we're just roaring, that everything is, you know, nothing to see here, everything is great. And uh, so they're basically, they're gaslighting you. Um, they're, they're trying to front run, much like they did both times the inflation numbers came out. Right the day before the inflation numbers came out, um, you saw the White House come out with a statement downplaying it. In advance, obviously, they knew what the they knew what the numbers were going to say, uh, and they were trying to get in front of it. So this White House gaslighting, trying to revise the official definition of a reflation to, of a, a recession, to say that we're not we're not in a recession if the numbers come out and say we are tomorrow, uh, that those numbers no longer actually really matter. Um, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, kind of thing. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, those numbers come out tomorrow, and it will be interesting to see if uh, if we are officially in a, re- in, a re- in a recession. As I've mentioned, that's the first estimate of GDP for the second quarter. They get to revise it two or three times between now and the November election, and they even get to revise it years later. So I would imagine they're going to release a number that is as favorable as possible. Um, it would be logical for them to try and say that, oh, we had flat growth or maybe modest, just a tiny bit of growth, a half a percent, just to say we're not in a recession. Uh, And then later they can come back and revise it and say, oh yeah, you know, we really were in a recession. But don't pay attention to that because everything is awesome. And, you know, whatever number they try to massage or or showcase or cherry pick to show that we're in a, that, that everything is just rosy and we're not actually in a recession or not anymore in a recession. You know, is it um, was it Bill Clinton? One of the I, it's been so long now I can't remember. But there was a famous a famous campaign slogan: "It's the economy, stupid." Uh, you know, people vote with their pocketbooks. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter how divided they try to make us. How how uh, how much they try and make you hate Team Red or Team Blue, left or right. When the economy tanks. That always becomes the number one campaign issue. Um, I'm quite frankly, I'm surprised that they're trying as hard as they are to deny that because um, they're denying they're denying the obvious and and just sticking their head in the sand and hoping this and hoping the incumbents don't just get tossed out in mass in the November elections is kind of a, a fool's errand. It's it's the it's a done deal. 
you know, the Democrats are going to, they're going to lose seats. They're going to lose a lot of seats. Um, and lying about the definition of a recession is not going to change that. When you go and you put $100 of the gas in your car or $200 of the groceries in your basket at the store, uh, you know what's up. And there's nothing they can do to, uh, to gaslight you into believing that it didn't just cost you that much money to buy groceries. All right, I'm going to try and keep this as short as simple as possible. I keep saying that. Uh, I'm going to speed up real quick and fast forward through a bunch of pages of notes that I have and get on to the real reason we're here, and that is because it is DCA Wednesday. If you're just joining us and don't know what DCA Wednesday is, DCA Wednesday, DCA is short for dollar cost averaging. And dollar cost averaging is an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals regardless of price. For example, this is going to be our 53rd stack. We've stacked an entire year. We chose our equal portion to be $20. We did that for a couple reasons. We did it A, because we wanted to show that even if you only have $20 to invest, that it's still worth your time. That you can still build a, a decent sized stack of sats, uh, even if you only invest as little as $20, obviously. You do you and invest what you feel comfortable investing. So some people choose to invest a heck of a lot more than that. But some people cannot afford to do so. And uh, we want to show that it's worth your time, even at small amounts like $20. And I think obviously we've already shown that stacking over two and a half million sats in less than a year. Um, and that regular interval, we chose Wednesday. Some people choose to DCA every paycheck. So that might be every two weeks. Some people DCA weekly. Some people DCA daily, and there are services out there that will let you DCA hourly. I think we've shown that DCAing weekly has worked nicely in smoothing out those prices. Um, Bitcoin has fluctuated all over the place in the last two months or so, basically. But during that two months, our purchases have averaged about twenty dollars to $21,000, uh, even though Bitcoin's been as low as 17500 or so, and as high as twenty-three dollars or $24,000. Um, we've smooth that out to around 21,000 or so just by uh, purchasing consistently on Wednesdays. And that is the idea with dollar cost averaging. As usual, the DCA, we're going to use the handy dandy cash app. I love cash app because while they aren't necessarily the cheapest, uh, the cheapest service for buying Bitcoin when you're buying just $20, their fees are pretty negligible. I find that they're probably the easiest way to stack sats. They're one of the only ways to purchase Bitcoin that will let you buy Bitcoin immediately and immediately transfer it to your hardware wallet without any waiting periods. You don't have to wait for your money to be available to purchase. And once you make that purchase, you don't have to wait to transfer it out of Cash App. So um, that is cool. If Cash App's available where you're at and you're not using it and would like to, there is a referral link in the show notes. Uh, we're nothing special. Cash App is not a sponsor. Every user of Cash App gets a referral code. But if you do want to use Cash App and you're not using it and you click on that referral code in the show notes, you'll get five bucks free just for signing up and using Cash App. And we'll get five bucks free too, and that'll help the podcast out. So we would appreciate that. Once you do so, all you need to do is, well, first you need to add some money to your Cash App. Then you click the little Bitcoin logo in the bottom right-hand corner, click buy, enter $20. It's going to ask us to confirm and boom, just like that, we've purchased another 85,913 sats at a price of $22,755.58. 
That is going to bring our Bitcoin stash up to 2,723,111 sats. Probably more importantly, that's going to knock our average cost basis down by another $509. Uh, our average cost basis is now down to $38,926.07. Obviously, that's a little more expensive than Bitcoin currently is, but it's been trending down. We did start dollar cost averaging during the bull run, so maybe that wasn't strategically the best time in the world to start purchasing Bitcoin. However, if we had YOLO'd in, I think we pointed out on our Monday episode, uh, we'd have $1,000 or so. Uh, we would have spent $1,000 more or so than we, than we have. And by continuing to DCA the bear market, uh, we've knocked that average down another $509.73 today. Uh, if Bitcoin does go to the moon one day, those 2.7 million sats, if Bitcoin, say, if Bitcoin eventually hits $1 million, those 2.7 million sats will be worth $27,231.11. So there is no way you could say that was not one heck of a return for your money. Again, everything about Bitcoin is a long-term play. As Adam Meister likes to say, strong hands, long-term thinking. You should not play. You should not be trying to time the markets. You should not be planning on buying Bitcoin and selling it anytime soon. Uh, you should be planning on holding your Bitcoin for at least one full cycle. That works out to about four years. Uh, anybody who's made any real money in Bitcoin has held their Bitcoin for more like ten years. Uh, most hardcore hodlers, most Bitcoin maxis, don't ever plan on selling their Bitcoin. Ideally, you should be planning on holding it forever. And in one day, as the as the Matrix meme goes. Uh, you should. Uh, you won't have to sell your Bitcoin. You'll be spending your Bitcoin. Um, so, along those lines, uh, if you are enjoying the show and would like to reach out to us and let us know, please follow us on Twitter. We are at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter. Uh, if you prefer to watch the video version of this podcast, you can do so on our YouTube channel, our Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast YouTube channel. If you feel so inclined and you would like to support the show, you can do so in a number of ways. As we mentioned, we are at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter, and we do have tipping enabled on Twitter. You can tip us on Twitter. You can support us directly through Anchor.fm. There is an Anchor.fm support link in the show notes, or you can support us from our podcast page on Anchor.fm. Obviously, the easiest way to support us is uh, those of you who are listening on your favorite podcasting 2.0 app, such as Fountain App and Breeze Wallet, you can stream us sats as you're listening. Uh, the value for value model, you can stream whatever you feel is appropriate based on the value you feel you're getting for listening to this podcast. Or you can continue to listen for free. You don't. It doesn't cost you anything to listen on Podcasting 2.0 apps. In fact, there's ways for you to get paid for listening to Podcasting 2.0 apps. Uh, if you listen to sponsored content, for example, they'll stream you sats. And again, they do have that boostergram where if you are particularly enjoying a show, you can, you know, like you can smash by Bitcoin, you can smash tip. Uh, you set that in advance um, to whatever you want. You can set it to 10 Satoshis, 500 Satoshis, 1,000 Satoshis, a million Satoshis, whatever you feel like uh, being generous uh, with when you do choose to tip. Uh, and again, that comes in the form of a message on the Lightning Network. So if you do choose to send us a boost, send us a boostergram, um, and we will read it provided it isn't a shill or obscene on the next episode of Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. If you don't want something to be doxxed, like your username or anything, any any part of that Boostergram, make sure you let us know in the Boostergram, hey, don't read my name or don't read this part of the Boostergram. Uh, 
because if you do if you do not say do not read we will read it on the next episode as long as again as as long as it's not a shill uh, a shit coin post or um, or just flat out ridiculously offensive you can also support us by using any of the referral links in the show notes as we mentioned there's that cash app referral link where if you click on that link and sign up for cash app you'll get five bucks and we'll get five bucks if you prefer to use the strike app or you also prefer to use the strike app strike is really cool especially for paying lightning invoices um, if you want to send bitcoin to somebody but you don't want to spend your bitcoin you can send us dollars in the form of bitcoin using the strike app uh, i've done that on numerous occasions where i didn't want to spend my bitcoin but i wanted to send someone bitcoin tip someone bitcoin so you have us dollars on the strike app or bitcoin on the strike app um, but you can pay a lightning invoice or send someone bitcoin from your us dollar balance and that way you're not actually spending any of your stack if you do sign up for strike app and use our referral link you will get 10 bucks for signing up and we'll get 10 bucks as well and that will help us out uh, and we'll both get free free money for using what are pretty cool apps both cash app and strike app i have written a couple books but the one that's most useful for bitcoiners the most applicable to this episode is understanding bitcoin for noobs it is a short book, it is a primer, but if you are a noob, you just want to learn the basics about Bitcoin, or you have a noob or someone you want to orange pill in your life, uh, it is handy. It will tell them everything they need to know uh, to start that orange pill rabbit hole journey. Again, that's Understanding Bitcoin for Noobs, and it is available at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Last but not least, we have a Beige32 address in the show notes. If you want to tip us Bitcoin directly on chain, if you're watching on YouTube, that's that QR code in the bottom left-hand corner and you can use that to tip us Bitcoin directly. Again, please reach out to us and let us know what you think at Bitcoin Bulletin Pod on Twitter, at BTC, I'm sorry, at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter. Or you could send us an email. Our email address is BitcoinBulletin at ProtonMail.com. I do like to hear from you and hear what you like about the show, what you do not like about the show. It is always cool to hear um, when people reach out and give us a shout out. It doesn't have to be a boostergram. It doesn't have to be a tip. Uh, it can just be a DM or an email saying hi. Until then, don't forget to join us every Wednesday for our DCA, our DCA Wednesday episodes. But until then, you keep stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers. <laughs>